Welcome to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. We hope that God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Mike McGowan. Good morning and welcome to the park. You picked a great day to come to church because today we're kicking off a brand new uh, marriage and relationship series called Tying Knot. And the truth is, look, it makes a lot of sense to kick off a marriage and relationship series on Valentine's Day, right? Yeah. And look, this is going to be a great series. But it, listen, the series is not just for married people. Okay, the series is also for people who one day want to be married because, you know, you can take the principles and the things we're going to talk about and use them in, and put them into practice in a future marriage to make that future marriage as great and wonderful and rewarding and fulfilling as it could possibly be. So look, this is going to be a great series for people who are engaged, um, uh, teenagers, people who are single of any age. I mean, it's just going to be great. And I'll even say this, if marriage is nowhere on your radar, nowhere on your radar, this is going to be a fabulous series for you because so much of what we're going to talk about is applicable to any relationship, especially family relationships. And, I, and I'll point those things out as we go on through this series, okay? And th- look, this series is super important because I don't know if you realize this, but for every year, for the past 35 years in the United States, there has been one divorce for every two marriages. Every year for 35 years. Now, I realize that when you peel those statistics back, you know, some of those divorces are people who've been divorced more than once. I get that. But even so, the survival rate for marriages is just barely over 50%. Even people who self-identify as Christians, the statistics are not much better. Still just a little bit above 50%. 50%. I mean, that's not really good odds, is it? I mean, if we knew that if we ate a certain food that we had a 50% chance of getting cancer, would we eat that food? No way! I mean, if we knew that if we invested in a certain stock, there's a 50% chance we'd lose all our money, would we invest in that stock? No way! If we knew that if we drove to a specific part of town that we had a 50% chance of getting shot at, Would we drive to that part of town? No way. Because get this, when it comes to things in life that have big consequences, we want better than 50-50 odds, don't we? So why would we want anything less when it comes to marriage? Why would we want anything less when it comes to significant relationships in life? See, look, we need to do something to try to shift the odds more in our favor. We need to do something to help balance the scales a little bit more in our favor. Because see, look, God has designed marriage to be the happiest, the most rewarding, the most fulfilling relationship in all of life. And honestly, and I believe that can happen. I believe that can happen for any marriage, regardless of what's happened. And so here's the thing. On Valentine's Day, today, Valentine's Day 2016, I want you to circle today on your calendar as saying, you know what, that's the day that God started something new in my life. 
that that's the day that God started making some changes in my marriage. That, that, that if you're single, that that's the day that God started something new in my life that changed every relationship that day forward. That if marriage is nowhere on your radar, that you say, that's the day that God started making some changes in me that have positively affected every relationship, especially my family relationships. That, that today would be that day. Because look, regardless, today can be the day that God can make some changes to help make marriage last. That, that basically God ties the knot in such a way that it does not come undone. Because look, here's the thing. Marriage can be everything that we've ever dreamed for it to be. But it's not going to be that way just because we dreamed it. It's only going to be that way if we do what God says it takes to make it that way. And so that's why this series is so important. So in this series, our Heavenly Father is going to show us some specific things that we can practically do to improve the quality of our current marriage or to better prepare us for a future marriage or if marriage is not really in the foreseeable future to do some things to help make the quality of our relationships, especially our family relationships, that much stronger and better. Now, throughout this series, I'm going to sprinkle some examples of, you know, my marriage with Amy, um, and, and it's not because we have a perfect marriage, okay? We don't, all right? We're, we're just like everybody else. Um, in fact, uh, not too long ago, just a couple weeks ago, I was talking with Amy, and I told her, I was like, you know, I think there's, there's some things that I want us to do differently, that I want us to improve in our marriage, and she just looked at me. She was like, is this because we have a marriage series coming up? I was like, no. And so, but here's what I told her. I said, look, 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 look. Here's the thing. A, a marriage series is just a great opportunity for us to check some things. Some of those things that we know we ought to be doing, some of those things that we've said we want to do, it's a great opportunity for us to put those things into practice. And so a marriage series just provides a really great window of time to focus on marriage, to focus on those relationships. So those things that we know we want to do or we wish we would do, it gives us an opportunity to put those things into practice. And honestly, that's true for all of us. A marriage series is a great opportunity to put those things into practice that, you know, we've always talked about or thought about doing. So literally, if you've been married for a really long time, this is a great series to make things even better. You know what? Or if you're engaged, this is a great time to start some really good habits that are going to make your marriage start off right. You know what? Or if you're a long way from marriage, this is a great chance to say, you know what? That's the kind of marriage I want someday. Or it's a chance for you to say, you know what? God, show me some ways that I can improve the relationships that I already have, especially the ones in my family, because I want to honor you in all of those relationships. But really, for all of us, it's a chance for us to swing the odds more in our favor. That's the point. And all of that brings us to our message today. So, when it comes to tying the knot in such a way that it does not come undone, doesn't it make sense to involve God in that process? I mean, doesn't it make sense to involve God who created marriage in the first place? Look, and even if you don't even believe in God, like, that's okay. 
The things that we're going to talk about in this series and even today, I think you will see that they're practical enough and wise enough that anybody could apply them and their relationships and marriages would be better. But if you do believe in God, or at least you think that there's a possibility that God is real, doesn't it make sense that if he created marriage that we would involve him in our current relationships? Doesn't it make sense that he would know how to make marriage last? I mean, doesn't it make sense that he would know how to make marriage more rewarding and more fulfilling and more loving than ever before? Well, of course it does. And so we ought to involve God in our marriages because, look, an attempt to make marriage work for a lifetime without involving God, it, it, it's like an astronaut trying to make a space shuttle work for a lifetime without involving the people who created it. So, you know, the astronaut, like, he, he knows how to fly it, and he knows the right buttons to push, but if something goes seriously wrong, he needs the input of the creator. In the very same way, in marriages, if we're going to make marriage last for a lifetime, if we're going to tie the knot so that it doesn't come undone, we need to involve the creator of marriage because he knows what it takes to make marriage last for a lifetime because truthfully when it comes to tying the knot it takes more than just two people it takes a third the creator of marriage to be involved as well so that's it go ahead and apply your message notes and let's let, let's ask this question how do I make God a part of my marriage or really a part of any relationship how do I make God a part of that well Number one is this. I need to remember that God is already part of my marriage. He's already, see, here's the crazy thing about marriage. Whether you realize it or not, whether you even believe it or not, God is already a part of your marriage. For instance, when Jesus was asked about divorce, he actually reaches back and, and, and talks about something that God said about marriage when God first created marriage. So look what Jesus says. It's found in Mark chapter 10, verse 6. It says, But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what, and I want you to underline this, what God has joined together, let man not separate. You see, when you get, look, when you get married, it's God himself that joins you together. And I want you to notice that th these verses don't say anything about where you got married or who performed the ceremony. So if you got married in a church by a minister, God has joined you together. If you got married in a courthouse by the justice of the peace, God has joined you together. If you got married in Vegas by Elvis, okay, God has still joined you together because these verses don't say anything about where you got married or who performed the ceremony. It says that God has joined you together because get this, when two people marry, God weds their hearts and souls together. So God, look, God's already a part of your marriage and God's a bigger part of your marriage than you realize. Um, when marriage, 
you know, early, early, early in the days of, of marriage when they first started getting recorded, um, people thought that um, the reason why that they would put the ring on the fourth finger is because they thought that there was some vein that went from your finger directly to your heart. Okay, look, that was proven wrong long, long, long ago, okay? So in the early days of the church, the Christians took that tradition of wearing the wedding ring on the fourth finger, and they used it as an opportunity to signify God's involvement in marriage. And so what would happen, the priest would take the wedding ring, and while he was performing this ceremony, he would take the ring and touch each finger, and he would say, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I the wed. And he would put the ring on the fourth finger. And that's why we still wear a wedding ring on the fourth finger today. And you might not have even known that. But you know what? Whether you know it or not, God was involved in your marriage from the beginning, from the moment you tied the knot. And so now, God says, I don't want to just be involved at the beginning. I want to be involved in your marriage currently. And so I want to be a bigger part of your marriage. And so he's asking us, would you make me a part of your marriage? To help illustrate this, I brought along with me a big box of hearts. Um, like those candy hearts that you get, and it's got the, each of the little hearts with a message written on it. So here's the thing. If God were to write each of us a message on a candy heart, what might God say to us? If he was going to write a personal message to us about marriage or relationships on a candy heart, what might he say to us? Well, I think that one thing that God would say to us is this. He would say, don't forget me. God would say, don't forget me. In your marriage, in your engagement, in your dating relationship, in your family relationships, God would say, don't forget me. Because I was there at the beginning when those relationships were formed. And I want to be an even bigger part of it as you go forward. So God says, don't forget me. You know what the truth is? <laughs> We've all seen the statistics of what happens in marriage relationships when people do forget God. 50-50 is about as good as they'll get. Now, there's lots of ways that we can make God a bigger part of relationships. You know, we could go to church together. We can talk about God together. We can attend small group together. We can even talk about sermons together that we hear in church or Bible studies, things we learn in Bible study. But there's one key thing that you and I can do to make God a bigger part of relationships, a bigger part of marriage. And that's, this is what I want you to write down, okay? One key way to make God a regular part of marriage is to pray together. It's to pray together. Four years ago, an organization called Family Life surveyed thousands of Christian couples, and they found out that only 8% of Christian couples regularly prayed together. 8%, that's it. But here's what they also found, that of those 8% that regularly prayed together, only 1% of those relationships ever ended in divorce. Not one out of eight, one out of a hundred of that 8% ended in divorce. Now, look, that is swinging the odds big time in your favor, isn't it? I mean, that's huge. 
That's interesting. And so, you know, Amy and I, we were talking about this very thing just the other night. You know, and, and to be honest, Praying is in t- with your spouse is intimidating, isn't it? And I know, like, for some of you, like, it just totally scares you to death. And you might be thinking, you know, I mean, I, I can't pray with someone else out loud. Like, I, I can't even pray out loud. Like, I don't even know what to say. Like, I stink in prayer. That might be what you're thinking. Well, you know what? When you first started riding a bike, you weren't very good at it either. But you kept doing it. And you eventually mastered it because you kept at it. And it's the very same thing with praying with one another. It might be awkward or feel shaky at first, but when you keep at it, you get so much better. You know, like I said, Amy and I, we were talking about this just the other night. And, um, you know, praying together, this is one of those things that for us, is we, it's just kind of been off and on again for the past 16 years in our marriage. And... Uh, you know, we're talking about, and I, I asked her, I was like, you know what? We pray for our kids every single night before we go to bed, before they go to bed. We pray for people in our small group. We pray for anyone who asks us. So why don't we pray for each other? And we just stared at each other because the answer is, I don't know why. And so this is one of the commitments that we made. So you know, like we started, again, praying together at night. Now, when we first started praying together at night, um, We'd pray together, like, right before we'd go to bed. And I got to be honest with you, like, at night, like, I get really tired. Yeah. And so, anyway, so literally, there'd be times we'd be praying, and I'd be like, God, please help Amy to... I mean, literally, like, I can fall asleep, like, mid-prayer. I mean, it's a skill, I'm telling you. Like, I, I can, but I can do it. And so we said, we said that wasn't working out so well. So we've moved it up in our evening schedule. So literally, after we put the kids to bed, then we take, before we do anything else, we take a few moments and we just pray together. We pray together. And it makes all the difference in the world. So listen, would you make a commitment to make praying together part of what you do as a couple? Look, here's the thing. If you can talk about anything together, then you could pray together, couldn't you? Yeah, you can. Look, and it it doesn't have to be a long prayer. It can be just a few short sentences just as you get started, and you'll get better with it over time. But look, God's already a part of your marriage. He was a part part of your marriage from the very beginning. So why why not make him a bigger part of it by praying together? Look, here's the thing. If you're engaged, pray together. If you're dating, Pray together, and I would recommend praying not at the end of the date, you know, because you might have to ask for forgiveness, okay? Pray at the beginning of the day where you're asking for guidance, right? Right? That's <laughs> right? Yeah. Pray at the start. So anyway, and, or, you know, and look, even if, even if marriage is not nowhere in your foreseeable future, then pray together with your close friends, or pray together with family members, because that will deepen those relationships so much. Look, not pray for family members, pray with family members. Because I'm telling you, it makes those relationships so much deeper and so much richer. Okay, number two, second big thing that God's asking us today is this, to tie the knot. Number two, I need to remember that my commitment alone brings God's blessing to my marriage and my family. My commitment alone 
brings God's blessing to my marriage and my family. Look what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 7, beginning verse 13. It says, and if a Christian woman has a husband who is not a believer and she's willing to continue living with her, she must not leave him. For the Christian wife brings holiness to her marriage, and the Christian husband brings holiness to his marriage. Otherwise, your children would not be holy, but now they are holy. I don't know, like some of your parents are thinking, oh yeah, my kids are holy, all right. Like, they're holy terrors. Like, okay, that, that is not what this passage is saying. And this passage is also not saying that just because you're a Christian that that automatically makes your kids Christians either. That's, that is not what this passage is saying. Okay, so then what does this passage mean? It means that if just one of you, if just one of you is a Christ follower, that you bring God's presence and you bring his love and his blessing and his favor into your home. That's what it means. And, because here's the thing. If not you, who? If not you, then who's going to bring the presence of Jesus into your home? If not you, then how will your kids have any meaningful exposure to the love of God? If not for you, then how would your spouse, who perhaps doesn't believe in God yet, have any, full, any meaningful exposure to God or to Jesus Christ? And yes, look, I know, God does bring other examples of pe- God and other people into the, your life and their lives to cross paths. Like, I, I, I get that, I understand. But listen, listen, there's nothing more impacting than having a living example day to day living in your home. I'm telling you, it is so critical. critical. So God says to you, he says, look, even if you're the only one I will still use you to bring my presence and my blessing and my favor into your home, to your kids, to your spouse, to your family. All of it. So listen, if God were to send us another candy heart sort of message, here's what I think God would say to us. I think God would say, be mine. I think he would say, be mine. He would say, be mine because I, if you are wholly committed to me, fully committed to me, then I can use you to change and impact the lives of every single person in your family, perhaps even for generations to come. But in order to do that, God says, I want you to be mine. To be mine. And, and not, no more church games no more pretend Christianity, but go all in. Be fully committed. God says, be all mine. And so if you're married, God says to you, I want to use you to bring my presence and my blessing into your marriage, into your family, to all of your kids, to everybody that you know. I want to use you in that way. So God's invitation to you, if you're married, he says, be mine. If you're single, look, the only relationship that you can actually control is your relationship with God. And so God says to you, he says, invest in that relationship with me. 
And then when I bring that right person into your life at whatever time I see to fit to bring that person in your life, then you will be the right person for them. But to do that, God says, I want you to be mine. Well, you know what? Even if marriage is not in your foreseeable future, if it's not anywhere on your radar, God still says, be mine. Because God says, I want to use you to impact and change and spread my love and my presence to anyone in your family, to any other significant relationship that you have. So God says to you, he says, be mine. And to those that are not Christ followers yet, God's invitation is the same. He says, be mine. And not, not in some controlling or you know, manipulative sort of way. That, that's not at all. God's invitation of be mine is an invitation to come and be a part of his family, to become a Christ follower, to become a Christian. Because you see, it, it, it's our sin that separates us from a relationship with God, and that separates us from God's guidance here on this earth, and when we step out of this life into the next life, it separates us from him then too. But God doesn't want that. God doesn't want that at all. God loves you, and he cares for you, and he wants you to, he wants to guide you here on this earth, and he wants you to spend eternity with him in heaven. He wants all of that for you. But yet, something has to be done to deal with this sin that separates us from him. Well, that's where Jesus Christ comes in. Because God sent his son Jesus to this earth to live a perfect, sinless life. And look, that's really important because what that means is that Jesus didn't have his own sins that needed to be forgiven. And so therefore, Jesus could offer himself as the punishment for your sins, for my sins, for the sins of anybody that would ever receive him. And so when, see, most people think that sins have to be canceled out that you know if I do enough good deeds that they'll cancel out my bad deeds that's not true sins aren't canceled out sins have to be forgiven but in order them for them to be forgiven you have to find someone else who will take the punishment of your sins for you well who's going to do that that's that's right it's Jesus he's the only one that can because he didn't have his own sins that need to be forgiven so Jesus when he died on a cross he took the punishment for your sins for the sins that you've committed in your marriage for the sins maybe you've committed in a previous marriage or in other relationships he has taken all of that sin upon himself and so now he offers his forgiveness to you if you would accept it but to receive it you have to simply say Jesus I want your forgiveness for everything that I've ever done. And remember, it's forgiveness for your sins. And to do that, Amen. you simply pray a simple prayer, asking him to forgive you, and then committing your life to following him. Because you see, when you receive his forgiveness, the forgiveness is free. Like, that's a free gift to anyone and everyone. But he does expect that out of a sense of gratitude for, do, for forgiving you, that you would live your life for him as best you can from that day forward. See, that's what being a Christian, what being a Christ follower is. So have you ever done that? Have you ever asked Jesus to forgive you and then given your life to following him? Have you ever done that? Or maybe you're not even sure if you've done that. If you're not sure or if you've never done that before, there's a, there's a prayer. It's in your message notes. I want you to take a few moments, and I want you to pray that prayer right now. L literally, pray, take a few moments, and I want you to pray that prayer right now 
while I'm talking as I'm kind of wrapping this up, okay? So for everyone else, for the rest of us, here on Valentine's Day, God says to you, he's like, I was there when you tied the knot, and now I want to be there to help you make your marriage last. I want to tie the knot in such a way that it will not come undone. Look, God's been a part of your marriage from the very beginning, and so now he wants to be a bigger part of it going forward. A part of your dating relationships, or your engaged relationships, or just a part of your family relationships. Because here's the thing, to make those relationships and to make marriage last, it takes more than just two. It takes the creator to be a part of it as well. Now, this marriage series is meant to be taken as a whole, okay? It's not meant to be just be taken a piece at a time. And so next week, please, make sure that you're here. Uh, next week, my wife, Amy, is going to co-teach with me. Uh, and she's more than just a great wife. She's also a licensed professional counselor. And so, like, she really knows what she's talking about. And so she's going to co-teach with, with me next week. And we're going to talk about communication within a marriage, communication within relationships. I'm telling you, it's going to be great. So make sure that you're here next week for that, okay? So I want right now, everybody, bow your head, close your eyes. I want to pray for all of us. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you don't leave us just to figure out marriage on our own. And God, we tell you that as a culture, that's what we've been trying to do for a long time now, and it's, it's, it's not, not doing very well. And so we tell you today that, God, we come to you, and we want you not just to be a part of our marriages. We want you to be a big part. That you were there in the beginning, and so we want you to be there with us till the end of all relationships. And so, God, I I offer all of this up to you. And for those listening to me today whose marriages are in trouble or who are struggling, God, I ask that today would be the day that they would begin to make changes. And that today would be the day that you help all of us start on a path that honors you in whatever relationships that we're in, but especially in marriage relationships. Bring us back next week so that we can hear more. We ask you to do this in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more.